This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Good, thank you. Much better for three delicious points this weekend for Swindon Town. Hooray! Uh, yeah, it makes the world feel that little bit sweeter, doesn't it? You know, after a couple of weeks of not great results, not great performances, you know, at least we had three points in the bag uh, going home on Saturday evening. Yeah, what was the fuss all about? Uh, I mean, you could say that, <laughs> couldn't you? Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's it's been a really weird one because I think... There's almost like not really any way of like making a narrative out of what happened on on, on Saturday. Um, I think we just have to enjoy it for what it was. I'm enjoying the points for what it was, but you know, before the goals went in, it was still a little bit nervy. But we'll get to that a bit later. I want to start this episode, Connor, by talking about Anthony Grant. Shall we? Shall we just have a moment to celebrate and also question some bits and pieces from this weekend? So, you know, as a podcast, we we jumped at the opportunity of sponsoring sponsoring him this season. So, you know, we're big fans of his works, and we we wondered why he disappeared, and then we sort of come to terms with it and we moved on. But he got an incredible welcome back from the Swindon faithful this week, and that included during the game too. Now, I'm all for celebrating players before and after games, former players that is, but in my humble, boring and party pooper based opinion, Connor, 
those 90 minutes are for the players still playing for Swindon. The game this weekend started with Town needing a convincing win. And before there were any Harry McCurdy chants, any Louis Ree chants, we were audibly singing for a Scunthorpe player. I don't think it motivates them any different. Scunthorpe are pretty dreadful. He's probably the shining light in that team. But I just found that a little bit weird. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. I don't know if I necessarily like fully agree. I mean, basically, I just don't have a hot take on this. I think <laughs> it's nice that a player can come back to the county ground and be recognised for his service rather yep. than booed and made to the pantomime villain. And, you know, I'm sure if we'd have done that, which I don't think we would have done with the relationship that Fitzwindham fans have with Anthony Graham. But, you know, if we had, I think he he could well have revelled in that and, uh, you know, put in a match-winning performance. Who knows? Uh, seems unlikely in a team like Scunthorpe. But who who knows? Uh, but you know, <laughs> if if we were doing that to kind of um, sort of lure him into, I don't know whether it was sentimentality, whether it was sort of um, I don't know a false sense of confidence, then obviously it worked because the result went our way. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things. If you, if you're a player on Swindon's team um, on Saturday and you're hearing a former player. Um, being sung about during the game it probably does feel a little bit weird but at the same time I don't know if uh, that many players will be listening out for exactly what the fans are singing it more just be like the the noise what's going that's going on and uh, probably probably not picking out exactly what's being said and I don't know if it really matters I'm, I'm sure if like early on someone had done something that had led to you know their name being sung um that it, it yeah it wouldn't have been oh no we can't sing yet because we need to sing about anthony grant <laughs> i think it's just that you know he 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 got towards our goal and, and and did stuff probably earlier than anyone on the swindon side did anything but i i mean i i get the point uh but i don't strongly care i feel like yeah just just sing about what you want and then if enough people agree then people would sing along i guess you've put me in my place with <laughs> dignity uh, and I, I don't mind it. and i'll be honest you know i thought the post game um singing of him and the reaction and the applause that was mutual was was really nice you know that was yeah. really really good and that's that's from, in my opinion that's that's where it belongs and you know when they run out to warm up there too but during the game, it's not for me. It's not for me. But at the same time, I think you're quite right. It doesn't matter. And people do, you know, live your life, you know, do what you think is uh, is, is fit. But I guess I'm, you know, tub thumping warriors on, on the field and we're going, go on, former player. We like <laughs> you. We like you, former player. Please like us back. You know, it's not it's not for me. But he was probably their best player. Oh, and... yeah, by a long stretch. <laughs> Scunthorpe were not good, man. They were bad. Yeah, I mean, if we can stick on Anthony Grant, like at the end, it was it was very nice to be able to say goodbye to a player that, like, obviously he's been with us for for two and a half, three years. Um, you know, obviously have been through bad times and good. Um, and I like it feels nice that it, his town time at town kind of has kind of ended on that note rather than what it could have been in terms of the summer. So I know that he's not played much this season. Um, but we did have those kind of sunny days in the summer where he, he was part of the team. Haven't seen much of him since, but, you know, I don't know if we'd have had quite the send off that he probably deserved had he left at that point. Um, but the fact that we managed to sort of see him come back very soon after he's left, I think was, was very, very nice. And uh, obviously you could you could see like from the videos, I mean, you could see in in, in person, but obviously in the, in the video since like just how much that meant to him. So it's a nice thing to do. 
Um, there are a lot of other players that I'm sure um, if, if they come back one day, then, then they probably um, have earned similar kind of receptions. I'm sure, like, for example, if like Owen Doyle had come back at some point um, with a visiting team, which won't happen now, but, but you know, it was a possibility a couple of years ago um, that he would have received that, a similar kind of thing as well. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's nice to just, like, you know, actually reflect on how important certain players are for the club because, you know, it's a short career. Um, probably, like, a lot of the time, it's so cut and thrust that a lot of players probably don't see, like, quite how much they're appreciated. So it is nice to see a player that definitely knows exactly how much uh, the Swindon faithful appreciate him. But, yes, Gunthorpe were bad, very bad. Um, and it it's it's a weird one because it's it's not like we were much better for a lot of the game. It was very nervous, like you said. Um, so I don't want to be like, oh, that they were awful and we were amazing. Um, I think it it was a game that has come at a really good time for us because we'd have had to have done quite a lot wrong to not get through that game um, with three points, and it, it hopefully just kind of helps us stop the rot a little bit. Um, but. Yeah, in terms of like a palate cleanser after, you know, a couple of really, really bitter results, uh, that was probably the best that we could have possibly hoped for. Absolutely. One final point on Anthony Grant. His first game against Swindon was in September 2006. You know, so 20 times he's played against Swindon, including this weekend. And the first, what were you doing in September 2006, Connor? I was starting secondary school. Oh, uh, there man. we go. There we go. Yeah. I asked for that, though. Yeah, didn't I? I know I mean, exactly. I you, always... you knew exactly what you were doing with that question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, boy. Okay, we'll move on and we'll do the usual bit where we talk about lineups. So there was a change in the lineup, which was enforced. Uh, Johnny Williams being injured but let's go through the lineup it was Wallacott in goal at the back back four of Hunt Tomlinson O'Brien and Cooper Reed returning to the middle with Gladwin and Iandolo just ahead with McCurdy and Barry on the wings Davison up front so a change of formation there Connor talk me through it yeah uh, I mean I, I, I guess it's kind of kind of what we would have really expected given the like lack of um possibilities in midfield um, of who you can select um, at, at this point with Payne not quite back and Williams kind of going out. Um, so, yeah, I, I I thought it makes sense to get like a more attack, especially against a team like Scunford, where we should have had most of the ball, had most of the territory, to get another attacking player up um, near Davison probably would was a good idea. And I think you could see that we've not played it very much uh, in the opening exchanges, I think. There are a lot of times where players, you know, maybe needed to go long and then came short, vice versa as well. Um, so it's probably one of those things where if we're going to stick with that formation, we'll have to kind of play it a few more games and then then that will sort of, you know, the, the fruits of that will blossom eventually, hopefully. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's broadly the same kind of thing we're doing, but just with an emphasis in a different area of the pitch in terms of, you know, McCurdy being a bit more wide and there being Barry wide as well rather than um, than uh, another midfield player. But um, yeah, I, it's, I think it's essentially what we needed to do with the players available uh, on Saturday. Do you think the change of formation is the reason why the first half played out as it did? Or do you think it's just standard Swindon in the first 45? Because it, it was quite shaky. And, and do you think McCurdy and Barry were perhaps initially they they look quite isolated on the wing i think there's a there's a mixture of lots of different things in there so like yeah traditionally 
this season we have started quite slowly into games and you know no different on Saturday um I think I think there have been a few games more recently where we actually have been okay in the first half and then not been that great in the second half um like for example Rovers we were pretty good for the first half an hour or so um so that that there is a difference there so I think there's probably like slightly more to it um trying to think you know exactly what it would be but I I think when you're in a in a bad sort of run of form I would imagine that at some point you just have to like get 10 20 minutes behind you where you've just like not messed up at all and just kind of keep the basics right and then eventually you can start to kind of then think about um moving forward and uh I think that's probably it. You, they're probably trying to like cleanse the palate almost after you know a terrible midweek game against Tranmere. Um, you know after what would have been quite a bitter defeat last weekend against Exeter. I think if we'd have come out all guns blazing, it it, it could have almost worked against us. So um, yeah, just kind of keeping things relatively tight, working working in um, the the new formation and obviously like a cu- new players in the sense of like we, we hadn't seen very much of Louis Barry until. Um, Saturday afternoon um, I, I think it was probably the right thing to do but it did not make <laughs> for a particularly entertaining watch but you know I, I, basically I wasn't expecting a great game when I was going up to it I, but, and I would have yeah, been very happy with three points given the way that things have been, had been going in the, the week or so before um, so I don't know, don't know if I could have really asked for much more but uh, yeah fingers crossed now that we've got those three points broken that little bit of a run a little bit and uh, next time we have a game like this at the kind of ground we actually do start really well yeah if, if I'm going to go down a cautious route I would say that despite Scunthorpe's mediocrity we still gave players like Sam Burns a lot of opportunities to do stuff fortunately he wasn't capable of doing it but I think when we get to the listeners contributions it's quite clear that a few of them have gone well you know brilliant we won and we needed a win but Scunthorpe weren't up to scratch. And in those first 55 minutes, you know, including the 10 minutes after the second half, we were in one of those red pill, blue pill situations where we really needed it to go our way because we were tiptoeing towards a very tense second half. But luckily that wasn't to happen. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think there's probably only two or three teams in the league at the moment where you can get away with that kind of performance and giving those kind of half chances to an opposition. So you're right, like Burns had a couple of decent chances. I think there's one where, it, I mean, it's actually, I think the chance is really all about how he kind of like actually turns himself. So he, create, he creates it himself, creates like a, an opening. And I mean, it is a pretty easy save for Wallacott. There's the, in the second half, like before we scored, um, they do miss a sitter um, at nil-nil. So you know there are there are warning signs there. I mean, obviously it's our first clean sheet since October, which is absolutely crazy. Stephen Edge. Oh, first it's our first clean sheet where we've won since October. <laughs> um, nice. There we go. Save that. There, there's something good there in terms of you know it's never a bad thing to keep a clean sheet. There's still work that can be done, so we definitely can't rest on our laurels on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if we'd put in that first 50 minute, 60 minute performance against you know most teams in the mid table, we would have had similar kind of problems to what we had against Crawley, for example, where, you know, eventually a team like that will try and take a, t- take a chance. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Ultimately, we could only play what we were put up against. I don't know if we'd have raised our game against a better team. Like, it's just impossible to know. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think the signs are there that, you know, if they can just take the positives from this and then still work on the negatives that have been there, not just from this game, but from weeks before, uh, hopefully we don't have to concern ourselves too much of it. But yeah, I mean, they had their chances. I, I think that, you know, the, the one click up one is the one in the second half that, that, that Wallacott does well to recover from, which, I mean, obviously it, it starts from his missed kick at the start. So yeah, it's, I think, yeah, it's a complete mess, Rich. I don't know what I want to want to say about this, but you know, they, they didn't punish <laughs> us. We're fine. We're fine. We're happy. I tell you, we've, we've pretty much, I have, criticised the the performance of Scunthorpe. But I imagine those 131 fans who watched that probably thought that was... I wouldn't be surprised if they thought that was one of their better performances of the season um, because of the chances they created. You, you mentioned Jojo a few times there, and of course, a much-needed clean sheet. It was a real morale booster probably for him and the whole team that we kept a clean sheet this weekend. Even if we'd won 3-1, you know that I think Kova on one of his first games conceded very, very late on, I want to say Rochdale. And then I don't think we got close to a clean sheet for a good while after that. And it's amazing how these things turn out. And there were a few really good saves, especially with the wind tunnel um, doing its thing, especially in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, I, I think there are a couple of games here and there where he maybe hasn't looked quite his self uh, since he came back, um, which has been remarked upon, obviously, on the podcast before. Um, I, I don't think like, his kicking was as good as it, it can be. I mean, I guess the difference is that we're asking him to do different things in terms of we are going long a lot more now than than we were um, earlier on in the season. Uh, and, and that asks a different thing from, from what he's doing. Um, but, I mean, I think... His reaction saves are like I don't think anyone can really question them. I mean, they're, they're among the best that I've seen of a of a Swindon goalkeeper for for a long, long time. And Lord knows we've seen a lot of Swindon goalkeepers over the last few years. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean that I mean, the, the the double save um, that is, ends up being the one from Burn or Burns or whatever he's called. Um, it, I think is the pick of the bunch, uh, but there are a couple of just yeah. Good reaction saves, and he was not in the game for a lot of that. Uh, so to yeah, stay sort of aware of what's happening in front of him. Clearly, he's very good at that. So yeah, wonderful. Well, a few people have commented to me over the season saying that they've never seen Jojo Wallacott smile. I tell a tale at Newport away where I saw him tap the town badge at full time, which I was elated with, but social media this weekend, he he typed the words up the town. He's he's pure swin now. Yeah, I mean, that is like a real show of passion, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I'm not even joking, Rich. I, 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 clearly, he's been touched by the way that Anthony Grant was received um, and he wants similar for himself. So he'll be here for a few more years. Let's hope, because that would be very good. For us, how long? How long before we see up the town from Harry McCurdy instead of up the Chelsea? Uh, I mean, that wouldn't. And literally, unless Chelsea go bust, which is obviously not going to happen. Yeah, it, or you know, I don't know. Maybe we play them and then they rub him up the wrong way. Ooh. I mean, that wouldn't happen, would he? Probably be scoring own goals. So um, they lose the Champions League final to Spurs or something. He might that that might trigger something in him. Yeah, who knows? Or or maybe if maybe if he signs for Chelsea, comes back and watches us on the weekend, then it's up to the swing. Who knows? I, I I really don't know. We'll see. 
<laughs> that's all I got on that front. Um, in, in slightly more serious news, we lost another midfielder early on, Ben Gladwin. We were doing so well for the season in the last few games. The wheels have fallen off in terms of keeping the players that we all expected to get injured fit. Ben Gladwin was having a bit of a funny few minutes, wasn't he? He got booked a few minutes before. He was hobbling before he got um, the impact injury or the injury that he, that that downed him. But he went off for Rikiaku after 35 minutes. I've, I've not seen how long he is expected to go out for. I'm sure we'll hear in the coming days. But not great, really, considering we've also lost Johnny Williams for an undisclosed amount of time. But yeah, it's not good news. I think probably if you were to ask Garner now, I, I don't know this, obviously, this is just my interpretation, but he would probably admit that it was a silly idea to play Ben Gladwin on Saturday. Not for anything that he did wrong or for anything like that, but just like his his right leg was strapped up when he was playing. Like he, he had like tape all down his right leg, which... I know that that's like quite frequent that players do do that now in terms of like having sort of uh, taped up um, areas where they've got sort of injuries and, and, and knocks and sort of aches and pains uh, just to keep those kind of things under control. But he's not had that much this season, if I'm not mistaken. I don't recall him having like his quite so heavily strapped up anyway. So like I did say, he's going off injured. And it is just a matter of time, um, sort of, to myself. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't... I, I guess the only thing is, the question would be, like, well, who would you have played? The answer probably would have been Aguiar. But I can see why Garner didn't want to risk Aguiar in terms of we, we just didn't know, like, what his level is going to be in, in relation to Scunthorpe. Probably would have been actually quite a good first game for him from the start, and then we might not have risked uh, Gladwin but you know I can see the logic in the decision but probably like because it hasn't worked out he he might regret that I don't know um, but yeah it, it, it seemed likely um, and I guess the, the problem is we've not been able to manage his load quite as effectively in the last few weeks so something like that is is always liable to happen um, but yeah <laughs> there's I guess there's not really too much more of it to say but yeah I just guess we have to hope that it's not too bad um hope you know the fact he was able to play despite you know clearly like not being at 100 percent at the start of the game hopefully it's just like a, an impact thing sort of combined with that and we will still have him available in the coming weeks but i guess we just have to be careful with him and johnny that they aren't playing too much and you know maybe i don't, I don't know how long it's going to be until Payne's back for you know 90 minutes um but let's hope that once he's back, then that means that we can just return to using those two guys' powers as and when we need them rather than trying to get 90 minutes out of them every week. Yeah, Gladwin's injury has been described as a tight hamstring and he will be scanned as a precaution. So it doesn't sound like the worst, but given track record, we'll wait and see. As as you mentioned there, Ricky Aguilar came on and maybe a rocky 15, 20 minutes, but especially after halftime, really grew into the game and, and did a, a, a really good job. And with Carlisle next, it could be a great opportunity to give him a start, couldn't it? Uh, yeah, he, he has to start uh, on Saturday next week for me. Uh, I, I think, like honestly, going back to my, my previous point, I think had he started on Saturday, we would have got a better first half out of him than the like final 10, 15 minutes of the, the first half that we got. Because 
you know, he was having to feel his way into a game that had already been going on and players had kind of like worked out, you know, what was going on for, for them. In, and that's, in, in that's that generally tough, isn't it? For any footballer exactly, coming in at a time like that isn't easy. For what is probably like, I mean, not the biggest game of his career so far, because I'm sure at Worthing he had, um, you know, big games that like had things on the line and meant something. But in terms of like the level and the amount of time played, that will have been like the like the highest that he's played so far because you know we we didn't really care about the the league cup at the start of the season when he played played through that and he's had you know a couple of minutes here and there otherwise for us um so and everything else below national league south so it like it probably would have made sense if if he was going to play a, a lot of minutes that he probably should have just started uh, but you know he found his way into the game eventually yeah, it's not like we were really venturing too much in the first half anyway, I guess. Um, and then by half time, seemed to just be up to the level and yeah, really kicked on in the second half. I thought he was one of our better players, to be honest. A couple of really, really nice crosses. Uh, I think you can see that his technique is really good. Um, you know, the battle, I mean, he was going up directly against Anthony Grant and that was probably always going to be a mismatch in terms of like the amount of experience. You, you said Anthony Grant first played against us in 2006 you know, Ricky Aguilar is at the complete other end of his career. So it's going to be a different kind of thing. And I think from what we've seen of him, he looks to be kind of a more technical rather than physical midfielder. So um, I, I liked what I saw of him. It, it's probably like the best kind of baptism of fire for him in terms of it is the worst team in the league that he played against. Um, you're not going to get many um, sort of kind of tests at this level, but then, you know, Carlisle should probably be the next easiest. Um, and then also there's Walsall um, on the Tuesday after. So if, if he does have to play minutes, we can ease him in. And then, you know, after, after that, you know, the sky's the, sky's the limit. I'm, I, I really like what I saw of him um, on Saturday. And uh, I hope we do give him a bit of a chance to kind of put a few games together because, you, yeah, I, I guess we just never know like how far he can go. Um, and, and that's the exciting thing. Yeah. And I cannot stress this enough. We do need to clarify this. Ricky Agua, when you were starting secondary school in September, 2006 Ricky Aguilar was just starting infant school he was five years old uh, well does that make you feel better or worse I don't I don't know no, I'm spiraling to be honest at, at least at least you know that makes me feel a little bit older as well but not much god you're so old Connor <laughs> <laughs> I think we've made the first 55 minutes sound much better than they actually were there was no what was really good that was there was no major tension around me in the in the Don Rogers and there's certainly been elements of that in the game's previous whatever the final score was so I think it was quite clear I mean I tweeted at half time Scunthorpe were there for the taking and I absolutely believe that it was a matter of time before Swindon scored but it took a moment of absolute genius for that to happen probably give pretty much everyone in attendance the ball in a dead in a like a deadpool situation where Iandolo picks up the ball and then tell them to pick out the defense spitting class and they wouldn't pick they wouldn't see that um, and I think you could also probably give that to like quite a lot of the squad to be honest and they wouldn't be able to thread that ball through um, so uh, the vision to see that is brilliant I mean it's not like it's not an obvious option. I was like from where I was, like basically Iandolo was like directly in front of me at the time. And you could see that McCurdy's herring away down the right, but 
it, it just doesn't look on from 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 the angle that he's got to play the ball, you know, the way that the ball would have to be flighted. But I mean, it's almost like the, the, the amount of control on it, he just kind of puts it around and like the, the fact he kind of manages to get through the defenders, but then also to, to kind of spin just so that it just la- like lands just past the defender. So he's completely out of out of the play um, and straight into McCurdy's uh, run. Like, I don't think you'll see many better passes uh, at this level. It was absolutely sensational. And, uh, you know, I would have celebrated that probably over the goal, to be honest, because <laughs> it genuinely, genuinely, like, genuinely brilliant. Genuinely brilliant. Yeah. I've, I've I've always avoided this cliche, but you know the if world class footballer would have done that, then we would see it repeated over and over again across media outlets, and that would absolutely be the case with Ellis Iandola. I mean, the Harry McCurdy chants were were in full flow, but if I would have heard a, a, a very silent Dan Hunt going. Ellis Iandolo. <laughs> I'd have probably joined in with him. I would have given him that one moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He, he, I mean, it, it is all about him. I mean, th- let's not take away from the finish. It's, it's a good finish, but it's, it's what we know that McCurdy can do, having, having seen similar goals that he scored uh, this year. And I, th- I think that kind of finish is almost becoming the like typical Harry McCurdy goal. Um, in terms of, like, I can now think of probably about four or five of, of, of those over the course of this season that, that he's he's done that. So, um, yeah, let's not take away from his part in the goal. But sadly, Harry, it is all about that absolutely insane ball. I mean, like, like I just, I just can't like put into words. Like, he he actually saw that in open play developing and managed to actually execute that with, like, just the, just the way the ball kind of. Uh, I can't really talk about it, Rich. It just gets me emotional. <laughs> well, and and with good reason, because it wasn't a punt forward. It was completely meant. He saw it. He played it. It worked. It was delicious. Just before Luke Matheson, lone player, you know, he was quite a bright young thing. He's still really, really young, but he, he came into uh, public attention a few years ago, didn't he? He made a mistake that led to Ellis getting the ball. And I just, after the goal had gone in, Anthony Grant and a teammate had gone over to console him for his mistake. I don't think he was asking for any sort of sympathy, but he was mm-hmm. getting it. So I think that's where where the. But can we just point out, especially if you've got the program, take a look at the visiting side stuff because Luke Matheson looks like a young Harry McCurdy. It's insane. Yeah, he. I mean, he does look very young as well, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I, I. I guess he probably he must still be only like eighteen or nineteen. Um, He's nineteen. Yeah. yeah. No, that 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 is what what was he doing in two thousand six? Pro- probably nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah, he was he was four years old, so he's nineteen. So he's yeah, he he was four when uh, Anthony Grant made his first appearance against Swindon Town, <laughs> and that's the running theme for this. Okay, so one nil, and that's really that's really when. Scunthorpe didn't really do anything after that, and it became all about Swindon. It was the pressure of not being ahead was was released and Swindon became far more confident and people like Louis Barry, certainly his best performance for Swindon, granted he's been limited to minutes previously, but everyone seemed so much more confident at that point. I want to disagree slightly. Go in, on. In the sense that I think for the maybe five to ten minutes after the goal, I do think Scunthorpe were the better side. Um I had, you know, there were a couple of like half opportunities that we worked that, you know, 
we weren't playing badly, let's put it that way. But I think without really creating anything, Scunthorpe had a lot of the ball in that five to ten minutes. And I thought, here we go again. We, we've got the goal and now we're going to sit on it. Uh, and You're it, just and being it, it nervous. Did, I was being nervous, but it did feel that way. And like, it, you know, when the fact that we like couldn't get the ball from them, um, just it just kind of made me feel, you know, what what's going to happen. So at that point, I guess what we were trying to do was like counter them, and and that ended up working out really well. Uh, but you know, given that what we'd seen in the weeks previous, the last few home games we've got a goal and we've sat back on it, I was worried that we're doing it again. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, to Ghana's credit, he did seem to kind of have that set up differently this time. Like, OK, the, there weren't subs made until the game was like far one. Um, but we we did seem to like still have an attacking intent when we could get the ball. And, you know, eventually, I think by the 70th minute or so, um, you know, Scumfort kind of were just like not, they weren't like building up patiently, but there, there was a five, 10 minute period where I thought Scumfort were being quite patient and were trying to get back into the game. And uh, and I don't think they looked particularly dangerous, but they didn't have to. All they needed to do was wait till, you know, we, we messed up, I guess, given the way that things have gone recently. So um, yeah, I will give credit where it's due. That's not actually what happened, but in, in the time, that's what I was thinking. This this is what's happening. And, and it really was after the second goal that kind of my frustrations with uh, with proceedings really kind of dissipated. That's really interesting because I was very relaxed after 1-0 and maybe that's my own naivety. Exeter, I, I, I was annoyed that we weren't trying to score, didn't feel like we were trying to score the second, but at the same time, Exeter weren't scaring me until maybe the, the few minutes before they equalised and then won the game. Scunthorpe, although yes, they did have possession, I, I, I didn't feel concerned in the slightest if I'm honest. But the second goal, now, when a centre-forward needs to score, that's what they need to happen, isn't it? That that was... Josh Davison was brilliant, I thought. I thought he had a, he had a good game. Was it meant? Uh, I really... You'd have to, like, just kind of <laughs> read his mind, almost, in, in the moment. Um, I don't know if... Uh, you would swing your leg without knowing kind of what you're doing in that 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 position, but um, I mean, definitely, it's not like a trademark kind of finish. I hope we'll see him scoring um, a goal similar to that. And, I mean, it's funny actually. Um, during the game, we were kind of uh, like with the people I was sitting with, um, discussing: is he good or is he busy? Uh, I think he's good, uh, but I think he's good in a way that it doesn't nat- naturally like lend itself to scoring goals. So m- my prediction was that, you know, he's, we're going to have like liked him a lot this season. He's going to have worked a lot of defenses very hard, but he'll have probably like two goals to show for it. He now has two goals to show for it. So uh, either he's never going to score again, or I was like really, <laughs> really low balling what, what, what Josh Davidson can do. I thought in general, he played really well again. Um, you know, still not quite linking with with, with uh, uh, the other players quite so well, but I think having two players near him rather than just one um, did kind of allow him to just kind of do his thing. And, uh, you know, he is good at holding the ball up and just releasing it and uh, being a bit of an outlet. And also we got a lot more minutes out of him um, on, on Saturday as well. So lots of positives in that, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, like you say, it is the trademark that, you just need a goal to go in off you um, and that that can get you set up and hopefully that is the moment that like you know gets everything in motion and just 
he, he can go on a little bit of a run now because uh, that that really would help us kind of get back to where we want to be in the table. Um, but I want I want to say he meant it um, because that would just be really funny <laughs> if he didn't mean it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm yeah. Obviously, I don't think he, he did, but. <sighs> I mean, it's a scorpion kick either way. It's a scorpion kick either way. Brilliant. That's what I was trying to get out of you because I know when at the time you were like, <laughs> <laughs> was that the one that you were describing as the best goal ever? I think that was, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get from you, but um, far more. So see, this, this is the advantage sometimes of recording 24 hours after the game so we can uh, take time to uh, to review and take stock. But still... I'm all for it. Nothing, nothing better than a desperate lunge from a goalkeeper that knows he's not going to stop it <laughs> yeah. in the slightest. <laughs> and, and Harry McCurdy greedily trying to get oh, on the end. Tried his best, but then he? then realised, oh, it's actually already in. Fair play, mate. You know, ponytails unite. He, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think we have to rewind a bit because I think the the build up is the best bit uh, of the goal as well. Despite the fact it's a scorpion kick, it, it, the build up is is brilliant. I mean, Louis Barry absolutely sends Matheson. <laughs> Uh, for a, is it Matheson? I think it, it is definitely yeah. the, the right-sided defender of of full or centre uh, varieties. Um, but yeah, absolutely sends him for a hot dog. Brilliant little chop in uh, chop outside, um, and then just kind of holds it up, passes uh, across to Tomlinson. Who I think what I really like about Tomlinson in this goal is that there were a couple of moments in the first half where I just thought that. Rather than look for the simple option when we're on the edge of the area and just getting a shot on target, we look to kind of just get a better opportunity to shoot. And like what he did was basically get a, have a really awful opportunity to shoot, get a shot on target, and then look what happened. The ball went in the back of the net via an absolutely brilliant artisan finish from from Josh Davison. Uh, so <laughs> that's that that's what we need to be doing sometimes. I mean, I'm not I'm not always someone that's going to be shouting shoot whenever we've got the ball on the edge of the area but like we don't have to overplay at, at different times in the game I don't think there was really a passing option there so rather than try and work a better shooting option he just put he just shot and that's good we need to do more of that yes please oh yes please indeed okay then so you're now super relaxed it's all fine <laughs> and then Sweden do look like they are looking for more uh, they've got the taste of goals and they want more of them. There are a few mazy runs, a few penalty shouts, and they look soft as anything. So I don't think Mr. Finney did a bad job in this one. I think that's a few games in a row where we can't <laughs> criticize. Well, yeah. Oh, go on, come no, on. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna criticize the referee. I'm just saying that because we were 2 0 up, I don't think there was much frenzy about it i'm sure if the the game state had been different and that, that those kind of things were happening at nil nil i'm sure people would have still got on the referees back despite the fact all of his decisions were to my eye uh you know seeing them in the moment i've not seen a couple of the ones that weren't penalties back but they just look so obviously not penalties that i I've, I've not felt the need to have a look at back of them but you know in fairness the one that he gave also was very clearly a penalty um, oh i mean it yeah. could it's actually two penalties in one in in the sense that I think their centre back fouls Barry and then Tomlinson following in also stamps on his foot as well. Um, so <laughs> um, yeah, I mean between the two, I, I, I do wonder which one he gave. I mean, it must have been the first one on Barry because it, it was not a great, not a great tackle. 
Um, make, makes, may explain why one of the Scunthorpe defenders is not happy with the decision because <laughs> that was stone wall from every angle. Yeah, he obviously must have just got confused about which one it was. <laughs> yeah, of course, exactly. Of course. Um, yeah, no, it. Yeah, I definitely can't criticize the ref at all. I think he made pretty much the right call all the time. It was nice to just kind of like not be aware of his presence really in the game and just you know, in the in the points where he didn't get penalties, just bemoan the fact that you know Barry seemed to not be able to stay on his feet, slipping over. There, there are definitely a few where I don't think he was even looking for a penalty. He just slipped over and then <laughs> kind of half-hearted appeals just in case. Um, but yeah. You know, probably, probably, uh, you know that that kind of thing will happen quite a lot because he does seem to like change direction quite a lot and, uh, in the box, and you know that will lead to penalties. I think so. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully, more given rather than more not given. Absolutely. Well, Josh Davison put the penalty away with a plum. No danger there. The game played out quite. Comfortably, as you would expect, JML and Ryan East came on for cameos and then Anthony Grant got his big reception at the end of the game, which was lovely to see. Final score, 3-0. So I was saying to you before the game that I wanted to see a very comfortable 4-0 win and I think that will be enough to keep the fans all in agreement and on side on that. But I think even despite those opening 50, 55 minutes or so, that was just just as uh, useful as what I wanted. Yeah, that, that that's broadly what I wanted in terms of like, it just kind of means that we can't be as noisy for another week. Uh, and I, I include myself in that as well, because I've, I found the last few weeks really frustrating as a fan. Um, not in a, you know, this all needs to change, sack the board, sack the manager, all of this kind of way, but just in a, like, clearly something hasn't been working and, and we just need to figure something out to get results. Um, I've used the term palate cleanser a lot on this podcast already, but it just feels like what we needed was a good win in terms of results and just kind of, you know, a couple of good moments and, and, and generating some good vibes going into the next couple of games, which should also be winnable. Um, and then once, you, once you've kind of done those, then, um, you know, we just kind of see where we go from there. So I'm not deluded enough to think that because we've won that game 3-0, that the, you know, the, 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 the things that people were thinking before the game no longer apply. I think it's kind of one of those games where, if this becomes the springboard to a better run, then great. Then that that changes things. Um, if it's just that we handily beat comfortably the worst team in the league, um, and then normal service, or not normal service, but like recent service, uh, resumes once we start playing a couple of the better teams in the league, uh, then um, ultimately, like the fact that we won three 0 won't have meant anything. So. I think it's just one of those things like the noise would have been unbearable for everyone. I think had we not won. Uh, so it's good that we did. Um, I mean, it's especially good that we did because it bizarrely puts us two points out of the playoffs again, despite our terrible recent run. And we were kind of saying before the game that, you know, given that our bad run in the season at that point had left us what eighth or ninth with a couple of points away from the playoffs, like, if we can now start to go on a run, then hopefully that means that the, the vibes in a few weeks will be better. But I, I don't really know what I'm saying, Rich, but I think it's, it's one of those things we just have to enjoy that game for what it is and uh, hope that 
we'll have a few more of those kind of afternoons in the coming weeks. Tomlinson inside the scuntle up wide on the left back to Iander. Barry's out there on the touchline. Barry takes on the fullback Matheson, leaves him for dead, cuts back inside him again, uh, feeds it uh, to man on the edge of the box. It hits Davison. Some listener contributions now. Thank you to everyone who sent stuff in, starting with Jason Cockerton, who says, finally, we get the formation change we should have made two months ago, and we looked much better for it. I like the look of Barry on the left. He made some really intelligent runs. Man of the match, Iandolo. Fantastic pass for the first goal. Reed, a very close second. Pete Marsh says, man of the match, Reed for enabling Iandolo and Agua, and without Reed, the midfield is shambolic. Decent forward line, including Barry, who must improve his heading. Grant, championship skill, National League legs, right opposition at the right time. Ghana had to deliver. Mark Kirkman says, great to see a positive front foot performance. Praise to Ghana for changing to a back four. Reed made a real difference and impressed with Barry and Agua. Iandolo man of the match by a country mile. Outstanding pass to McCurdy for his goal. Scunthorpe woeful and emotional farewell to the general. John Stevens says, even allowing for how poor Scunny were, I thought we looked a lot better today. Playing a fluid 4-3-3, we didn't get overrun in midfield as we have been recently. Also helped by having Reed back. Tom Jenkins says Ellis was excellent, as was Reed. What a difference he makes. Both centre-backs were great. Felt like four at the back suits the playing staff much better than trying to get a song out of Hunt as wing-back. Thought Davison led the line well, and Barry and McCurdy were threatening. Scott Munro says credit to Garner for changing the setup. Been screaming out for a change recently, and 4-3-3 suited us. Ellis turned into peak totty with his assist, a phrase I didn't think I would be saying. Bernie Mann says, I am the low man of the match, but it is clear to see that Reed makes one hell of a difference. Reed makes our midfield tick and allows the other midfielders to go and express themselves. Shout out to Agua for his second half performance. Great backup for the midfield group. Glad Garner rolled the dice, finally. Matt Greenaway says, nice to have a plan B and see it work. Recent injuries suggest early season rotation was warranted. The system seems to make the best of all of the front three. And how we'll get the best out of Barry. Reed clearly the difference and much missed. Niall says that we look more of a unit with four at the back. Moved it quicker. Lots more shots. Reed, new contract, please. Paul Large says, Reed, man of the match, ran the show and didn't allow Scunthorpe through. Iandolo's passing a close second. Opened the defence up several times in the second half. Something to build on in the coming weeks. Tougher opposition to come, but needed a confidence boost for the new players. Matt Miles, good day for the town. Ghana made a positive change in formation and personnel and also in tempo and approach. Davison bagging a couple could be huge for the rest of the season. Barry's best game so far, and Aguilar looked impressive when he came on. Batch says, we changed formation today. Shock! And it worked eventually after a wasteful first 45. Have we finally found Iandolo's position? Man of the match. What a ball for the first. Reed absolutely key. Jojo did make some critical saves. Nice send-off for the general. 
Stephen PC says, better performance, but we must consider the opposition. Still areas that need working on. Tempo much better and looked forward more than sideways or backwards. Thought Ricky Agua looked good and LSI Andalo was top drawer. But man of the match goes to Louis Reed. Showed how much we missed him. Jimmy Legg says, good win against a poor side, but need to step it up against better teams if we're going to get positive results. Barry was brilliant, my man of the match. Iandolo much improved in the second half. Glad Anthony Grant got the send-off he deserved. Shame it was in opposition colours, though. STFC Jamie says, that win keeps Ghana in the benefit of the doubt category for me. Iandolo was quality, but Agua, man of the match. Nick Cripps says, Reed was man of the match, been missed for the last two games. Ellis Ball for the first goal was outstanding. And S says, Ellis Iandolo was superb, an unsung hero. Rich Parker says, Reed the difference and has been missed and was man of the match for me. But big shout outs to Ellis, Hunt and Agua. Things suddenly look brighter with just one win. Keep the faith. Paul D says, as expected, Reed's return settled everything down. Switching to front free worked well after they had the chance to get used to it. Kudos to Ghana for making the change. Barry showed some of the potential that people have been excited about, played well, and there's lots more to come, I'm sure. Hopefully those were the goals that Davison needs to settle so he stops snatching at chances. After a slightly shaky first 10 minutes, Aguilar settled into a much more composed performance than expected. But man of the match was Ellis. Superb in the centre. Now, can we do that against a better side? Philip Holloway says, Solid performance, but Scunthorpe were awful. So difficult to gauge our level. A confidence booster. Rich Allison says, Poor Oppo, but needed a win and three points. Reed, man of the match, an absolute baller. Too good for League Two. Robert Hammond says, Reed transformed Ellis's midfield performance, making Ellis man of the match for that pass. We'll brush over the fact that Scunthorpe were terrible and enjoy that win. Dean Morgan says, Ellis, man of the match, Reed being back meant we got hold of the ball. His passing and positioning is sublime. Performance we needed. Neil Evans says, think Scunny were just not nasty enough given their predicament. Credit for trying to play, but it made our job easier. Like the back four, McCurdy was everywhere. Reed, he's a baller. Luke says, anything less than a win would have been career ending, but fair play to Ghana. Change the formation and look what's happened. Ellis, man of the match. Paul Merriman says Scunthorpe were woeful. Feel sorry for Granty. Relegation fodder. However, we played a better formation for our players, better passing, better game management, much more positivity. Lovely. Barry, much stronger. Super pen from Davison. LSI Andalo, what a season. Easily man of the match. Craig Clark reminds us that we were crap for 55 minutes. Slightly better for the remainder, which was enough to beat a poor Scunthorpe team. Much needed three points. Harry McCurdy or Ellis, man of the match. PJ says, would be disappointed not to have got three points today. We moved the ball so much better and faster through midfield, which helped massively. Ellis, man of the match for me. The pass to McCurdy for his goal was an absolute beauty. Richard Webb says credit to Ghana for changing things up a bit quicker tempo, more balls into the box, etc. Much needed win. Ellis Iandolo, man of the match. Superb second half from him. Mentions for Barry and Agua, who I thought also played well. Russell Arkley says Ellis, man of the match for me. Also a great send off for the general. While Hanra Hanra, Hakin Odomeo, number two, says decent. A few scary moments, but good to stop the rot. Ellis, man of the match. 
Neil Dixon says Reed's return steadied the ship, and he also loved Tomlinson's energy, and Aguilar showed no nerves. And nice passing, but man of the match goes to Iandolo. Superb today. Nick gives man of the match to Ellis Iandolo, been excellent all season and improving week-on-week future captain. And Gavin Chappell says Reed just shades it for me over Ellis. Great to see the general get the send-off. He looked a standout in a very poor team. Mr. Goods gives Ellis Iandolo man of the match purely for the ball that put McCurdy through in for 1-0. Nice to see him driving at defences again. Ian Wilmer said Reed makes a huge difference. Aguilar was excellent, needs to play more, and I think he'll really kick on. Good for Davison getting a brace. Very good win to stem the awful form. Let's not get carried away, though. Very poor side, Scunthorpe. Swindon Spartan gives Reed the difference maker, the man of the match award, who is an absolute monster in League Two, and we need to get him signed up for next season ASAP. Ellis was also brilliant today. Delighted that AG42 got the send-off he deserved. Great afternoon all round. Paul Temple says, Garner changes formation at home and we win. Better attitude to pressing and ball winning in midfield. Ellis gets my vote for man of the match. Big shout out for Ricky Aguilar, who grew into the game. He is a prospect for the future right there. Ricky Sharma says, nice to see Davison get off the mark. Had some great saves from Jojo Wallacott today. Ellis was superb. What a great ball for the first goal. But the man of the match, Louis Reed. It's good to have him back. Sean says, I'm confused. Who do I ask to be sacked today? Conroy, Gladwin or Garner? <laughs> and finally, Mr. Jason, who says, Iandolo was class and gets my man of the match. The game showed how much we missed Reed. Still steady for being sent off and would have loved him against Exeter. Agua looks like a great prospect and O'Brien was rock solid and getting better with every game. Right then, so thank you for all of that. Largely in agreement there. It was only Scunthorpe, great win, lots of decent performances. But we'll, we'll move straight on to a musing from Leap, who says, you guys on the pod need to have a chat of appreciation about utility man Ellis Iandolo. Still only 24 years old. This is the most consistent run of games and performances yet. His vision and array of passes was a joy this weekend. A great temperament too. He deserves credit for his longevity at the club. Should be appreciated more than the opposing team commentators never pronouncing his name right. Discuss. So, um, Ellis Iandolo got the listeners man of the match. Actually, it was quite close with, with Louis Reed. Um, but then I put it to a poll with 300 plus and it was a very comfortable win for Ellis Iandolo. So he gets the listeners man of the match. And I think he gets ours too, doesn't he? For me, there's no one else in the discussion. Uh, I think very well put in, in that message, um, just how important he is for us and like all of his kind of positive aspects uh, to his play. Um, so I feel like I can't expand too much because it was it was so well put in the original. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan, and I think what I really like is the fact that he just gets in the team and does a job wherever he's asked to do it. So I think you know maybe people are a little bit surprised to see him at centre mid again. I know he played a couple of games there earlier in the season when we didn't really have anyone to play anywhere, um, but to see him sort of playing there. Um, against Exeter and against Tranmere, but you know, it, it, now that he's kind of felt his way in, it, it, it felt a little bit more natural on um, on Saturday and um, he just kind of seemed to be able to pick up what he was doing so well and I think his his like banner performance um, for this season 
prior to this was Colchester away where he was absolutely brilliant at left wing back um, and then after that hasn't played at left wing back since uh, which is obviously weird but then you know with that kind of short intermission of finding his way through sort of problems in midfield um, he then puts up another kind of banner performance a couple of weeks later against uh, you know obviously it's only Scunthorpe but you know he still had to do it and you know he was playing against um, Anthony Grant who I'm sure last week there were a lot of uh, sort of there's a lot of correspondence sort of saying that you know Anthony Grant should be there rather than than Ellis Iandolo so um, absolutely fair play to him not yeah it, it's great there's one thing that I really liked. I mean, beside the the range of passing, there were like two or three really brilliant passes that you know. Obviously, I really like those. Obviously, the one for the goal. Uh, I think there was one down the side for Louis Barry, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, which I think that was one of the the failed penalty appeals. Um, and 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 just in build up, you know, like smaller moments. But one thing that I really liked, and clearly he must have been like learning from Ben Gladwin because he just did this little shuffle um, to get away from someone and play a pass. Um, and I, I thought that was that was Gladwin-esque. So I remember at the start of the season, we, I was discussing this last week um, during the Exeter game, but at the start of the season, Ben Garner said, we know long-term where we want Ellis Iandolo to be playing um, in terms of position. And then didn't say where it is. Obviously, he's been playing left-back most of the season. So we have assumed it's probably left-back. But then if he's kind of taking parts of... Uh, ben Gladwin's game and playing in centre mid once they've managed to bring in a fullback for for the left side, maybe maybe that was the position that that he they saw him for all along. I, I really don't know. Like surely they knew what they were bringing in in Tomlinson in terms of him being. I know he's both sided, but like usually plays left back. Maybe that was always the plan to kind of free up Iandolo to play a bit more in midfield. I I, I don't know. I'm thinking aloud because I don't know that that's what happened, but clearly he can do it. Um, so maybe maybe that was always Garner's master plan all along, Rich. What do you reckon? Oh, maybe. Who knows? Um, I think it's really great that he's been able to slot in there. I don't think his first half was particularly standout, but not to say he was poor as well. But I think I think he definitely grew into the game and became influential. And the fact that he can do that is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he's scheduled to play his 100th league game for Swindon next week, which given I think this is his seventh season, which is a long time coming, but thoroughly deserved after everything he's gone through and his commitment to the club. Man of the match is a funny old thing, really, because I've seen a few passionate defences for Louis Reed, and I kind of agree with it, to to be fair, because without Louis Reed, Ellis Iandolo can't do what he does. But I think that's why Louis Reed is going to be player of the season in my mind, because what we see from Lou, from Louis is what we come to expect, but Ellis Iandolo put in a performance that um, I guess was more above and beyond what we get from him week in, week out, even if he is consistent. Yeah, I think like Louis Reed is generally very consistent. I think before the suspension, I do think he had been going through like his toughest patch of form this season, just a couple of games in January where he was not quite at it. Um, but he seemed to come out of the other side of it against Scunthorpe. Again, the caveat being it's only Scunthorpe. Uh, but he he was very good um, on 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 Saturday. Yeah, he he like for the most part he is probably like the standout performer when you're kind of looking at like who's the player that's in there that like makes the system tick. But like in terms of like what 
what the key events in the games are in terms of goals and assists. Like it's probably more rare that he's going to be up there. So Iandolo probably stands out more in terms of like the the brilliant passes he played um, that kind of led to us getting to the point of winning. But then yeah, like it it is right that if you take sort of one of your best players out of midfield that um, that we that we don't do as well. But I think your your take on it is the correct one. He he might not be player of the season. There might be someone else. I don't know. Harry McCurdy probably will be a good rival for him now um, in terms of the way he's picked up. I'm not sure he's who I would vote for, but like the amount of goals he scored, you can't really argue too much against him being in the conversation. Um, but yeah, it, sometimes if, if you're like a 7 out of 10 over the course of a season, um, that is um, more important than someone that can be an 8 or a 9 or a 5 or a 6. Not saying that that's, <laughs> that's what Iandolo does. I think generally, actually, he is kind of a a six or a seven most weeks. It probably happened that this week he was like a, an eight or a nine in, out of 10 in terms of performance levels. I haven't really thought exactly about where I'd put him on the, the one to 10 scale uh, for that. For that performance. <laughs> but it's yeah. I, I can see, I can see why you would give Louis Reed the, uh, the, the award, but I think for me, he wasn't in the conversation because I, I don't think that you could point to any specific moment and say, that's why we won the game. Whereas I think there are moments of uh, of Iandolo, you could probably say. I mean, Harry McCurdy got the the um, the official man of the match, which I disagreed with. But you can still say, well, here's the reason we won the game, and point to that goal uh, and some of the movement. You could probably say with, with Louis Barry in terms of pinning back their their fullback and uh, getting the penalty and uh, just generally being a bit of a nuisance for Scunthorpe. You could probably say he's in the debate, like for me, he's not man of the match, but he had a good game um, and was kind of one of the better performers from a spinning perspective. You could say Josh Davison scored two um, and was a, a nuisance uh, for their centre-backs as well. Uh, but yeah, for me, I just, you know, if, if Iandolo is going to be in the discussion for man of the match, I, I just have to give it to him. Sponsors want to meet their heroes, Connor. They <laughs> Yeah, but like what? Surely Iandolo should be the hero. After that pass. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Harry McCurdy had an all right game. He scored a good goal. Like you said, it was an important moment in the game, but he weren't man of the match. I don't even think he was in the top three, but well done to him. But huge well done to Edis Ayadolo, who gets our manager match. I think that's pretty much it, to be honest, Connor. I'm just really looking forward to the eye of the storm that is February because we have the week off. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the only midweek that we have off. So it'll be be nice not to be on iFollow on, on... On Tuesday, um, I yep. think, you know, given the injuries that a couple of players have had, it probably comes at a good time for us in terms of maybe, I d- obviously we don't know what, what this Be- uh, Ben Gladwin injury is going to be like, but maybe it's one that, you know, won't be okay for Tuesday, but could be okay for Saturday. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, hopefully, if we are going to stick with this shape, then that means another week in training, kind of working and really drilling down on like where players need to be at different points of the game in that shape. Um, it, it, it should be a good thing. And I think we're, we're catching Carlisle at a good time because my, my mate is a Carlisle fan. His head has officially dropped again after <laughs> it being it, it being briefly raised by uh, Keith Millen's Millennials. So, um, yeah, they're in a very bad run of form. And I think that they could possibly drop into the relegation zone if we beat them. So um, let's hope that happens. I'm sorry, Jake. He won't be listening, obviously. So Millen's Millennials, what a shudderingly awful thing to think about okay well that will do up the general up the swindon connor thank you very much yep thank you the run by him and now match goal
The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.